back to episode three of season two of the Well Said podcast. I am Andre, and I'm here with my buddy Max. Max, what is the Well Said podcast? We are a podcast about. What's our catchphrase? Which are what's our, what's oh, our I trademark? Just it. Come on, man! <laughs> you got to know our trademark. <laughs> um, we are talking about following Jesus in the midst of Christian culture, post-Christian, post-truth, post. Post everything. Post, Post everything, yep. Oh gosh, what was the word that I um twenty eighteen AD. Yeah. The 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 scary future, the brave new world that we live in today. And in the midst of that, we are spiritual creatures. We're following Jesus, we're trying to figure this out, and that's what we're talking about. So as we promised last week, um we're gonna follow up on last week's conversation about anxiety, depression, mental health, and Take it a little more personally, um, maybe reflect in a practical way on how these struggles work in our hearts. How do we understand emotions? But before we do that, what's new with you this week? Wow, that's a loaded question. <laughs> this week has just been crazy. Uh, Guys, I'm going to interrupt. His wife's birthday, is it today? Oh, my wife's birthday is today. It's today. and, and That's he, new this year, first time this year. is recording a podcast. He's willing to take the time to record this because he cares about this and about you guys so much. So yeah. bravo to Max. That'll sell. Dude, bravo to thanks. my wife. She's yeah. patient and she trusts me with whatever decisions I make. She knows that you still love her very much even though you're recording a podcast today. Exactly. It's going to have to be a really fancy date though, huh? Yep. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it actually. We haven't had much time alone without the kids like that. So yeah, definitely looking forward that. to that. Yeah. So this, what's new with you? What's new with me this week? Um, loaded week. We are doing foster care classes uh, wow. with my wife. Um, this is something that God's kind of put on our heart. We're walking through it cautiously and praying our way through learning, taking more information in, uh, very interesting, very challenging, um, subject. And I think to us, this is a new way, a new aspect of culture where we can serve. So, I mean, I'll, I'll keep you guys posted on how the process is going, but so far it's been really interesting to see how much brokenness exists all around us in in the most personal way and that there's an abundance of ways to help uh, people in just you know everyday life circumstances yeah that's actually i did not know that until we were recording today too um that andre was doing that but that's so cool because my wife and i were just talking about the foster care system and all the different ways uh that the church can serve and honestly we even admitted with my wife and i that Foster care maybe is not even the thing for us, but um, there's so many amazing ways to uh, to serve um, being a part of the church and being a part of your community, and that's awesome to hear that you're doing that. Definitely uh, keep us updated on the process and how that's going. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. So, all right. So today, what we want to talk about is to take the whole subject of mental health, emotional struggles, anxiety, and depression in particular. And to bring this whole subject of emotions down to a more personal level, how do we process our emotions? How do we make sense of these struggles? Because they're so powerful uh, and also oftentimes so confusing. Yeah, I think it's so important to, before we dive into that, um, it's so important to note that we understand these subjects are huge. 
these are very large topics to try and tackle and we're not professionals in any way but we do have experience with that i personally have experienced depression anxiety something that i have battled and i also understand that those words even mental illness is a whole topic in itself depression is a whole another topic in itself and anxiety as well but we're just trying to shed some light on these issues bring them down to a personal level and try to connect uh, the heart and the life um, of this kind of issue. What would you say is the most complicated or some of the most difficult aspects of of experiencing anxiety or depression? I think probably the most, the strongest emotion that you can feel among all of these, you know, the, the despair that you kind of just don't have control over or even anxiety um, is just the feeling of loneliness Mm -hmm. really in life you can go through a lot of things um, a lot of hardship when you feel like you're backed up by somebody you know and and that doesn't mean that I didn't have anybody in my life I mean the the fact that I even was uh, God gave me the grace to overcome this the depression especially um, just everyday battling um, anxiety and and still going through that uh, that's thanks to a a huge portion of that is thanks to my wife, uh, to my brothers who are in my life, who just kind of forced their way into my life and brought truth and shed truth into my life. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, even when you could be surrounded by so many different people, by so many different support groups, I think the the most kind of that that last and final kick to the stomach is that feeling like you're just completely alone. Yeah. Like nobody cares, nobody understands. And not even cares, but nobody just understands what you're going through. Right. Right. Yeah, I think that loneliness is a factor in both, right? Because with anxiety, there are fears that are consuming uh, a person. Fears that are so real and so powerful to you, but everybody around you doesn't feel the same way. Oh, yeah. And so it leaves you on an island or with depression, a similar thing is that sense of hopelessness, uh, that sense of maybe pointlessness that everybody seems to be carrying on. Everybody seems to be chugging along. And even when people want to listen, sometimes it's it's such a huge challenge to try to even build that bridge over right because yeah. you're talking to this person and you can't say oh it's fine but you know look, the weather's nice today or you know like you can't just downplay um yeah. and you can't just say oh i understand because you don't stop pretending so oftentimes for people who care and love they want to try and build a bridge to, to reach out and it's really a complicated task yeah the thing is that we need to understand is that this is such a complicated and you know a, a complex interweaving issue that like we talked about last week that it's not just one single thing that you can single out uh, a lot of times it makes this issue not very logical in a sense mm. it's not something that you can just counteract with a sense of logic well this is like this which means this is like this you know when I sometimes have these panic attacks or like these anxiety attacks, which sometimes it's just I can't control it. Um, like I will feel like if my wife doesn't call me back sometimes for like two minutes, uh. I already have this like I'm sweating, I'm my heart is racing, and I'm having all these different thoughts about what just happened, and I just lost my whole family. And it's silly because it's illogical, but at the same time, m- somebody coming from the side and saying, 
well, this isn't happening. That doesn't help either. Right. Right. So it's like, it's not really a logical, uh, solution. You can't really base it off of the grounds of logic because technically it's not a logical issue. Right. Well, at the and, core. yeah, I think technically when you're struggling with fears, your problem is too much logic and not enough common sense even, right? Because you're thinking of all the possible things that could be happening. Technically, possibly, logically, it's possible that this is happening. So I think G.K. Chesterton, one of the things he said, one of the things, I don't know, one of the phrases from his book, Orthodoxy, that he's talking about faith and sanity and rationality. And he says, you know, what what does it mean to be a madman Is, is when your logic is your, your logic is disconnected from your sense of common sense and connection to the world. And yeah, that's Your really logic good. goes berserk and you're a madman. And it, that's kind of what it feels like when you're struggling with fears, I think. Um, so how do we begin to process this? How do we start to break down and maybe make sense? How do we make sense of these deep emotional struggles? What are some things that we can point to uh, to people in the midst of this stuff to help a little bit to untangle the mess? Well, I think like we spoke about last time, it's about acknowledging the issue first and foremost, right? Mm -hmm. So the fact that this is maybe not even a logical issue or we can't, sometimes we lose that common sense. uh, What does that mean about our heart, about our bodies, about the way that they interact? Um, Right. Yeah, I think we were just talking about earlier, I think it's an interesting thing that you're saying that it's not always logic. It's not always specific, you know, mental activities, intellectual activities that solve these things. Because when you look at the Bible and you look at yourself in light of scripture, there's a couple of things here. Um, Your body, the way your body interacts with your soul is a profound mystery. There's not a perfect diagram you can draw Mm -hmm. on, on how this how we as spiritual creatures, creatures who have consciousness, who have eternal capacity, how we exist in physical, finite, breakable, killable bodies, right? So mm-hmm. that's good. It's, it's a mystery. So, and I think one of the challenges is oftentimes when we oversimplify these questions, these struggles, and we tell, we tell ourselves, I'm not supposed to feel this way, or you're not supposed to feel this way. What's wrong with you? Don't you know the truth? Don't you know that God is in charge? Don't you have peace in God? You're kind of flattening out this simple reality that your body is a mystery. The the relationship between your body and your soul, between the physical and the immaterial, is a profound mystery. And lots of times you can have interaction that goes both ways. So for fear, when you have fear and anxiety, you have... It's almost a built-in neurological, physical response to some thought. You have this thought, and it like it just cascades this this line of what are they called when you push one and they all fall down? Dominoes. Domino effect. Yeah. Right. It's like this domino effect of fears of these thoughts, and these thoughts they go racing around your heart, uh, around your mind. Over and over, and over, like you know, those, remember those track cars back in the day? Oh yeah, yeah. You like just press little, the button and yeah, it and just keeps just, going around the circle. And, yep. and what it does is, there's a physical response. You're sweating, you're breathing, your heart rate because you're scared. What are you scared of? You know. So it's a physical response. It's your body. When you look at people who have who have suffered trauma, um, people who have post traumatic stress, 
it's not something that they have control over. It's their body that has a reaction and this flood of emotion comes. So when you give yourself some slack and realize that as spiritual creatures, we, we live in a broken world. Part of that broken world is broken bodies, bodies that don't work all correctly, bodies that don't always align with our inner self. And they respond. There's a mystery of connection between the mind and the body. And sometimes in your mind, in your heart, you're like, no, this is not true. I'm, I shouldn't be upset. I shouldn't be sad because my life is perfect. I am really happy. I'm satisfied. I don't want to change anything about my life, but why do I feel sad? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And some, lots of times that's related to body. It's related to a broken body. You can't diminish that. When you give yourself that sense of mystery, it kind of gives some wiggle room. Yeah, there's a really good book called The Book of the Body Keeps the Score. And it's it just talks about trauma and how trauma is um, – that was a great book for me to read, how mm-hmm. trauma is stored in your body. And so even like uh, you're talking right now, I'm remembering how uh, I was in a car accident about a year ago, really bad car accident, and and it was raining at that time. And now you ask my wife, whenever it's raining and I'm driving out, I don't even realize it. I'm gripping the steering wheel like it's about to just – fly out the window Hmm. and sometimes and I don't even control that sometimes you know it just starts raining a little bit and I just tighten my grip or I sometimes will randomly if I'm not you know just kind of in my zone thinking about life where I need to go what I need to do you know about work and I'm driving and it's raining sometimes my mind will play tricks on me as if a car is swerving into my lane or something like that and it's this really like just a, a a kind of illogical like I stop and think like what is going on like that's not that car is just driving straight everything's fine but we need to understand that the body is you know that the physical aspect like you said it's a mystery it holds these things it it stores these things in a physical place yeah I think for me there was I don't think I've had serious uh, serious depression or seasons of feeling really depressed but I do have a clear season in life where I was very close to like a true physical burnout And um, it was just this year where I was working a very intense job. I was working in ICU. I was working night shift. Um, We had a baby that year, and she was very – she had terrible time sleeping and feeding, had a lot of stomach ache, all that stuff. So that – so stress was piling up from work, from home. Uh, I bought a house that year that needed tons of repair and had water damage problems so that this other element of stress came, was, was coming that I had to find the money to fix it. I had to find the ability to fix it, the time in light of the fact that I'd work. So all, all these things, it was like this, this whole year was just dark. And it wasn't that I was giving up on God or something, but the, the sheer physical constant exhaustion and a huge part of it was just very intense job and night shift. My body is terrible for night shift. I just, I don't yeah. do well. Some people are wired pretty okay. For very night shift. few people I'd yeah. say. But I, it, my body was broken in that season. I was always mm. sick. I was always having headaches. And when you have that layers and layers and layers of physical stress, it starts to sink into your heart, your soul, how you feel, how you think. Um, and it can cause true spiritual struggle, you know, so that you can't diminish that relationship. But once you see it, you give yourself some slack, you give yourself some wiggle room and say, you know, I'm experiencing a lot of stress right now and it's normal to feel stressed and I need to find ways to counteract that 
physically, just in my in my lifestyle, my schedule, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's almost like uh, these issues are like a rope that's pulling you, but this rope is woven together out of so many different twine. Like there's right. all these different things, and so you can't just cut the whole thing in a way, like a giant cable. Right. It's almost like one at a time, one one issue with another, just right. woven together to make this thing just seem impossible to break. Right. The other thing that's really been helpful for me is realizing the mystery of the heart. You know, the Bible talks about the heart as the inner person. Um, and in very interesting ways, you know, Jer- Jeremiah says in seven chapter 17, I think, where he says, you know, the heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. Who can understand it? And it's like this interesting question, who can understand the heart? Um, Proverbs talks about the heart is a deep well, but a man of understanding draws it out. So it's like this deep, mysterious well. Um, and then, you know, Jesus, when he was talking to people and trying to explain them their struggles, he says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And I used to always mm-hmm. think that that was kind of a redundant statement. I thought that was kind of like, well, duh, isn't treasure equals heart like isn't that the same thing isn't he just saying where your heart is your heart is also like isn't but he's saying no he's saying look look at your treasures look at the things that you cling to and those are the things that are pointing to where your heart is you don't always know your own heart but emotions uh emotions are like that extra mirror angle that lets you see around the corner deeper into the heart of things that you've not been aware of you know, lots of times we'll have an emotional response to something and you step back and ask yourself, what, like, why did I get so upset? Like, why did that, I don't even know why I got so upset, but I got so upset about that. Yeah. Or, you know, like sometimes our own emotions surprise us. Yeah. You, you, you find yourself saying even out loud, like, where did that come from? Right. Right. So where did that come from? It came from the heart and your heart is a mystery. And you have to give yourself some slack, not in the sense that you excuse your sin, but you give yourself some wiggle room in understanding that you don't know your own heart. And these emotional struggles with fear, with depression, oftentimes they're, they're little lenses of, of, of perspective deeper into the things that hold your heart captive. Um, there was a season in my life where I was kind of working through, I, I'm not a particularly angry person like I don't think people see that as you know a problem I have like I don't you know I don't burst out in anger at people but there was moments at home when I have when I'd have these deep battles with anger inside and again it's not like it was coming out like I was yelling and throwing things no it's just I was shocked at my own self what what kind of monster was waking up inside and I was like what in the world like where is this coming from why you know and as I was digging down, reflecting, studying scripture, asking myself deeper questions, started to realize that there were some really key idols that I was cherishing, that my heart was clinging to, that I was, I was really not aware of that, you know, totally. It was like a blind spot. And I was like, wow, I really have a struggle with this. You know, I have, I have a maybe idolatry with coming home as home being a place of comfort and, Um, and I'm clinging to this idol and it's causing me to respond in these emotional ways that at first were confusing to me even. Mm -hmm. So your heart is a mystery. You don't know your own heart. And when you struggle emotionally, you can't say that there's this direct path, you know, this button, you click the button, you, you take this Bible verse as a vitamin 
and voila, your emotions are gone. No, your emotions are deeply connected to, it's like your heart has its own um, wiring system, you know, and it's mm-hmm. deeply complicated. Over years and years, your heart has developed pathways of feeling, of thinking, of, of willing, and you're not always aware of all those pathways. And as you're battling emotions, emotions are revealing those pathways of the heart oftentimes. Yeah, that's really good. They're almost the telltale sign of what's going on in the other aspects of your heart. Right, right. right. I wouldn't so go as far as to say that it's like your subconscious or something. I don't know if it's a yeah. cr- truly Christian perspective to say that we have a subconscious, mm-hmm. but there's varying levels of consciousness, being very aware of something and being not very aware of a process. Yeah. And and so it's your heart all, oftentimes hides in that darker shadow of not so aware. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. You tell your, I don't know if you tell your kids sometimes I tell Levi, he's, he'd be, you know, you tell him to do something and he gets all mad and no, I'm not going to do it. And you're like, I know you want to listen right now. I know you want to show the struggle. You see the struggle inside. Like, I know you want to be with us to be in fellowship, but there's something inside of you that's not allowing you to. Right. Right. And I'm like, that's called your heart. That's your sin, buddy. And he's just like, I know, you know, he just takes him a little bit, but. Yeah, that's crazy. I see that in my kids too. Like with Gracie, she has these really powerful emotional responses sometimes. And and it's like totally crazy. Like I just said, you can't have a cracker in bed. Why are you flailing about in tears? Yeah. But the, the crazy thing is to also see how she prays after those moments where she's still all shaken up and crying through tears. She's like, Lord, please, yeah. please forgive me. You see that I have this struggle. Like she's aware. Yeah. She's aware yeah, that absolutely. there's an emotional struggle that's kind of waging war against what she really desires. Um, well, and that actually brings to the third Point I think that I would make here is, you know, your body's a mystery, your heart is a mystery. The other thing that the Bible really points clearly to is your heart is always actively responding to your circumstances. So we are always part of this world, and there's a lot of things that we don't control, but one thing that we do control and one thing that we have responsibility before God always is the response of our heart. Um so there's, I think we all know that maybe famous, you know, references in the Psalms, those, when the psalmist says, why are you downcast, O my soul, hope in God, you know? So he's actively responding to this feeling of gloom and fear and hopelessness. He's responding to that feeling with, with a command, with a will to set his heart and mind and gaze on the real, reality of God and his hope. Yeah. You know? So the the reality is the Bible shows us as creatures living before the face of God always. God is in control of the universe. And we live in broken bodies. We live in a broken world. But the distinct feature is that your heart as the center of your being is actively responding to the world. And we're responding either in sin, which is further digging ourselves deeper into the struggles, or we are responding out of faith and longing for God. So you you can have a body that is breaking and aching, both physically or emotionally. You can have emotional turmoil inside, and yet with your heart actively be responding to that turmoil, either with true hopelessness to embrace hopelessness, 
or to wage war and say, why are you downcast, oh my soul, hope in God? So you're kind of like, you know, the hurricane is blowing, but you're kind of planting that stake. It doesn't mean that the hurricane stops blowing. It doesn't mean that your emotions go away. It just means that in your heart, you are actively responding to your body, to your emotions, to your surroundings, and to God in a, in a faith-oriented reality. Yeah, absolutely. I can speak to that 100%. In when I was, you know, all these different things, uh, just a little background for my story, you know, going through multiple surgeries, um, being shut down with multiple different careers that I had, it was with kids being sick, and uh, we had a miscarriage that I kind of didn't take very well. Um, just all these different things brewing together, like we were talking about winding together. Um, it was it was super tough to the point where uh, I did just didn't want to get off the couch. I just could stare at one spot for multiple days, just not moving. You know, it's um, it got to that point, but at the same time, it is so important. Even though this is not a in a way like I was saying in the beginning that this is not a logical issue in a way, but that doesn't mean that we can't or that we shouldn't speak truth into our own hearts. Mm-hmm. And I've found that was so important. Um, the two verses that I just want to share with you guys real quick that have just helped me so much. And and honestly, you tell this stuff to yourself and maybe you don't believe it. You don't really want to think about it. But as in anything else, there are those little glimmers of hope in your life. You know, you could be sitting on the couch for days, but there will be that time where you just, your mind kind of turns on for a minute. Mm-hmm. And this truth, it, the the more you speak this truth into your life, the more there's that little break that God is just going to be pouring that into your heart, into your mind and transforming you. And it's amazing how much that can do. Um, Philippians 4, 8 uh, is one of my favorites where he says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, Whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, lovely, commendable, excellent. If there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And my wife used to remind me of this verse all the time. Think about those things. You know, when I have anxiety attacks, sure, uh, it doesn't really help when someone says, well, that's not happening. But it's another thing to speak truth in your life, into your own mind, into your own heart and say, look, whatever is true, whatever is just, whatever is excellent, commendable, lovely. Think about these things. Have your mind set on those things. Think about God, his wonder, his wondrous grace in your life. And Romans 8, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, sword. Um, that was such a key verse in, in my life during this season because you are in this deep state of darkness and somewhere in the very back of your mind, somewhere in that little corner of your heart, these words will ring true. What can separate us from the love of Christ? If God has shown me his grace, his grace will pull me through. I I do not see a way out. Mm -hmm. I do not see me going anywhere Mm -hmm. anytime soon. But at the same time, when you speak these words into your heart, you have that little glimmer of hope somewhere deep, far away, maybe tucked away, but it's still there, understanding that if God has begun a good work in you, he will bring it to completion. He is, you can't be separated from his love and that will always be there. And that somehow, some way, I don't see it now, but he will pull me through. His love will triumph in my life 
and his truth will shine again in my life. And that's so important. Like you're saying that it's, you have to speak these things into your life, into your heart, because even if it doesn't seem like you believe them, like you see them, like that psalmist was just basically at the end of his life, you know, almost just begging for death. Mm -hmm. He still reminds himself. He still reminds himself to hope in God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I see. I think there's a little thing you said there. You don't quite believe the truth, but you still say it. And I think that's the other side of it also is you realize that faith is not a feeling. Uh, Faith is an activity. Um, Lots of times the most powerful moments of faith are not the moments when you feel so confident in God. Mm -hmm. No, the most powerful moments of faith are the ones where you feel the most profound weakness and yet you have nothing else to lean on except Christ, Mm -hmm. you know? So when that, when the most profound faith that Jesus pointed out was the man who turned to him and said, I believe Lord help my unbelief. So he, he is Mm -hmm. in the midst of crisis. He is in the midst of fear and uncertainty. And yet he understands that the only place that he has to fling himself is into Christ. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. I've been trying to convince my wife to let me tattoo that on my wrist (laughs) for like five years now. (laughs) That's just such a powerful verse. And that's so, so true. That, that faith, it's like, I believe, help my unbelief. That is just the most pure cry out to God that you can have. And a pure heart is what he honors. Yeah. And some of the most powerful moments of faith in all of scripture were moments of the deepest desperation and weakness for the people. And so I think this is like the point of hope for all of us. Our feelings of hopelessness, our feelings of fear and fragility, those feelings are not indicators of the reality of our faith or even the quality of our faith. Mm, our true. faith is the activity of waging war in the midst of those feelings, you know? Yeah. So you can have a person who is struggling with fear and anxiety in a profound way and has so many things in their life that are totally pressing down and they just look like they're crumbling and yet they're clinging to Christ. That person is exercising a lot more powerful faith than the person who is cruising, memorizing Bible verses, studying his Bible, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, coming to every Sunday school class with everything peachy and nice, because their faith isn't tested. And and I think for us as we're struggling, as we're trying to figure ourselves out, faith is a, is an activity of the thoughts. It's an activity of the will. It's the activity of the emotions of you consciously s- submitting your heart to the Word. And that is something you can do in any circumstance. Yeah. It's, it's a fight. You can always fight. Yeah, um, and I think when you talk about this and, and try to instruct the church, people, if you're not a person who maybe struggles with this stuff, but you have to understand people around you. You have to be a learner. You have to be a sympathetic sufferer with the people around you. Um, you have to be aware of your own fragility. You know, That's one of the things that God takes you through seasons where he just, he'll crack you a little bit. He won't shatter you, but you walk away from that knowing, oh my gosh, like I could have totally cracked. My life could totally fall apart at any time. I, if not for the grace of God, my life falls apart. And you walk around with that. You you live with that sense of fragility. That's actually your strength. Because oh, yeah. when you look at people around you and you see people who are in a deep 
difficult place and you can really have sympathy. You can really have patience. You can really say, this is real and I want to, I want to pray for you. I want to support you in any way that I can, you know? So as, as Christians, we need to learn to do that. I think just a couple of just basic points as self-analysis, you know, like when you're struggling with stuff, you have to look at your heart and you have to ask yourself, how is my heart actively responding to the world, to other people, to myself and to God? You know, what, what is my heart response to all these areas? As you start to write that out and you compare what does scripture say, you start to work those truths into the heart. Um, you know, the other side of it is just looking at your whole lifestyle. You suffer as a whole human being. So your body and your soul, you know, you look at, are, is your spirit healthy? Are you in fellowship, in worship, in daily reading and prayer? But also, is your body healthy? Are you living a life that's way too busy, too loaded? Um, do you have thoughts that are constantly circulating inside your mind that are false thoughts that you aren't confronting? You know, do you let those false thoughts run wild or are you confronting them with truth? Um, have you had a checkup? That's the other thing. When you're struggling with this kind of stuff, you do a physical checkup with yeah. the doctor and say, hey, doc, is there something wrong with me? Um, there's nothing wrong with that. Actually, you should do that, especially when you're in the midst of really true deep, difficult struggles. Yeah, absolutely. It's important to point out that these, a lot of times getting help or improving in this issue has to be almost an external influence on your life Right is what I noticed that at some point you have to realize that you as a whole being are a part of this issue. And so having someone from the outside being able to maybe even these, these verses that I was saying to be able to speak that truth into your life right. at a on a consistent basis, someone who can give you a checkup like a doctor, mm -hmm. um, offer that help, you know, fellow brothers and sisters. It says in, in the, uh, oh gosh, I forget where, but uh, that we are to, as a church, weep with those who are weeping, rejoice with those who are rejoicing. That doesn't mean we just cry with every person that cries, but that means that we are able to sympathize in a way that we can connect with somebody else's victories and their defeats, mm -hmm. you know, their low points and their high points. Yeah. Bear one another's burdens. You know, we carry it all together. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, in the link below, if you want more resources, I'll throw some links down in the, you know, wherever you're looking, either on iTunes or if you're on the blog, um, you can see the links there. That's a loaded episode. Before we close out, do you have any recommends for us this week? Gosh, I did not give that any thought and we're already running out of time. But as always, if you want an amazing cup of coffee, just go to Adagio Cafe. Adagio Cafe in Bellingham. You in heard Bellingham. from us. That's right. Yeah. Sometimes I just am so sick of the poor coffee that I have that I have to make like a one <laughs> good visit to Adagio. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I would say my recommend of the week, guys, is The Cultivated Podcast by Mike Cosper. Absolutely. Um, if you still don't listen to that podcast, like – What's wrong unsubscribe, with you? unsubscribe from us and listen to them if you need to. Yes. Okay. Because that podcast is amazing on faith and work. Oh, geez. Just really good stuff. Yes. There have been two specific interviews that I think have literally changed my life. Yeah. Just amazing the the work that God is doing through Mike Cosper, that ministry on uh, Cultivated Podcast. Yeah, Go just, check it out, please. Yeah. And all his books, amazing stuff. So thank you guys for hanging on with us for an extra long, extra loaded episode love hearing your feedback send us feedback at well-said.org there's a contact tab there or you can follow us on instagram 
uh, our name there is the under slash well under slash said. It's kind of weird. The well said. The well um, said. If this episode has been helpful or interesting, um, feel free to share it with a friend. Leave us a quick review on iTunes. That definitely helps us out a lot, and that's after you guys have subscribed back to us after listening to the Cultivated. Right. But come back to us and uh, leave us a review. That really helps us. Yeah. And next week, we'll make things a little lighter and a little more fun. We'll talk about movies. So just a heads up. What a contrast. (laughs) All right. Looking forward to it. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah.